The world we know is a collection of stories, tales, and legends, either real or imagined. All need to be told. There is a place to tell them. So if you want to go there, just click your heels and come join us. The Wizards of Odd. No, you have not stumbled across Sabado Gigante. I love that Sabado Gigante. I couldn't understand a word they were saying, but I loved looking at the women on the uh, show. My favorite show was uh, Camera Infragante. What was that? Oh, uh, it was like a hidden camera show or a video show, like set in Mexico. But you see like horrible things that happen to people. They put like cartoon noise. They see a little boy running down the street. He falls into a hole. Like whoop, and they put in whoop. I'm thinking <laughs> what. A friend of mine watched it with me. They were doing a beauty contest, and like the array with the lights and everything collapsed on these people. And they're going, <laughs> whoop, boop, 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 like <laughs> My friend goes, holy shit, here would be on the news. There's a show. Well, I love the Mexican music. Oh, I did too. I want to dance to it. But I didn't put it on there just because we both love it. Well, I put it on there because tonight we travel to Mexico. Do we need passports? I know we don't to come back. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, we're going to do – tonight we're going to do a couple of stories. The first one is a legend that I've been asked by um, a good friend of mine who lives in uh, Tennessee, Walter, who's a subscriber of the show. He loves the show. And he always says to me, Ted, when are you going to talk about certain legends from around the world? And his favorite is the one we're going to talk about tonight, La Llorona. La Llorona. What is La the Arona actually mean. It's like the weeping woman or the crying. I think it's like the weeping or wailing woman. Weeping or wailing woman. I keep thinking of my Sharona every time I say this. La Llorona. La Llorona. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I'm going to drown you. They should do a song like that. Now, we're going to talk about that. Now, listen, at first, when you look at this story on its own, it's scary. It's creepy. They even made a movie out of it in 2019, yeah. which it was a terrible movie. But um, but in actuality, it's a really sad movie or a sad story. Sad story and sad movie. Yeah. I don't so, know if the movie, they really well, went that it's way. It's a very sad story because it's, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of sadness in it. Yeah. Uh, disappointment, betrayal, and murder. Yeah, and there's a, a lot of things. Don and I bring up a lot of... Um, a lot of things that we might want to talk about, and then we nix it because there's certain things we don't like to talk about, you know, and we don't like to talk about stuff that has suicide in it. We're not, you know, that. That's yeah, we don't. A tough we don't. Thing. We don't want to be like feel like we're exploiting tragedy so yeah. much than than just repeating stories that may, yeah. may not be true. Like there's enough paranormal um, yeah. stuff out there that we don't have to go down yeah. that road. Uh, but this one is the story of a. Very beautiful woman who lived in Mexico, a small Mexican town, in like the time of the conquistadors, 1600, 1650. Um, and 
people all loved her. Guys especially just loved seeing yeah, her. Yeah, she was that, that Mexican. She, had, she was very beautiful, supposedly long, black, flowing yeah. hair. You know, and all the men were crazy. Her name was supposed to be Maria. Maria, yes. And, but she was beautiful. And by the way they describe her, I'm like, okay, I mean. I would like to go to that town and yeah, meet Maria. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a, very, uh, that's a very attractive type for me. I don't know. Well, a guy comes through town, and I think today you might call him a, you know, a very affluent businessman. That Back then, I think they called them merchants. And yeah, they had a lot of power. Yeah. People. Yeah, besides being rich, Traders, they had a lot of power. they had a lot of power. Yeah, they called a lot of shots. So they get married, uh, very much in love. They have two children. I, I think, think they were twins, actually. Yeah, he was actually from Spain. I think. Yeah, he was. He, she was from here. And a lot of this story sometimes goes back to, uh, they, they, something people take this back to a Mayan legend, a similar thing. Oh, really? It may, it may be a uh, cultural thing, but I don't know. Not This is very specific. Some of the stories about this also say that, uh, so his family was from Spain, uh, and his father disapproved of the marriage because she essentially, other than her beauty, brought nothing to the table. They were very poor, and he was not happy about that. Yeah. So they get married. They build a home in Me- in Mexico, beautiful home, and the husband is out traveling all the time. He was a bit of a shit. He was a really a shit. Elder. And then she found out that he's cheating on her, and she's kind of trying to see where he is and he find she finds him in like a uh, horse drawn carriage with his lover drinking and womanizing his ass off she flips out mm-hmm. so she figures the only way for me to get true revenge is to take a ba- take away what he loves most and that is the children so she drowns the children and when she realizes what she's done she's so grief stricken she drowns herself, and thus becomes the legend of La Llorona. Yeah, supposedly her going up and down stream and looking for the kids and weeping and wailing. She realized she did something horrible. It's horrible to think that somebody did that. It's also horrible to think that somebody would be trapped in that for eternity. Yeah, and I, I actually read that, you know, how it started in Mexico. California became a, an area where they saw these sightings of La Llorona all the time. Yeah, she seems to expand with uh, the culture of Hispanics expanding. But, you know, some people had the thought that it could be because those the rivers that flowed from Mexico into, that she's a part of that. Which is, yeah. you know, that that really is, that really is sad. That well, they used to see her, like, drifting up and down along the Santa Fe River and places like that. Oh, really? Yeah. So she may have been. It seems like the more Latino Latino areas have their own legends, and this is a very popular one. Mm-hmm. They use it to scare their kids and stuff, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know they well, she, all go to bed. Or Lorena's going to kill you. Right. I was just going to say that they go. You've got to go to bed. Or La Lorena will take you. I pardon you, but I cannot sleep now. <laughs> I would have been like, all right, I'm going to sleep. I've been like, look, Zaro, back off. And now the the legend is that if you if you hear her crying or if her tears touch you, then you basically are going to be um, drowned by water her. Waterbound. Yeah, waterbound. Drowned by yeah, her, she's killed totally by her. Vicious. She's vicious. Yeah. And is the, the story that I heard is supposedly she's looking for her children. Yeah. But she sees yours in the meantime. Yeah. And when she finds out that it's not her 
these are not her children. Whoops. She drowns them. Yeah. And then that, that's, that's a it. Horrible story. It really is terrible. I mean, it's scary as hell. Imagine telling a kid this story. Oh, no. Come if you don't behave yourself. It, but, although she's a lovely woman. Don't get me wrong. She's Maria lovely. was so Maria nice. was so beautiful, but she would kill you. Yeah, that's just. Forgive me for the accent. But. <laughs> Were you Jill Biden? No, I, I, t- I you know what? I get, my wife will say to me, "You watched the German movie today?" Yeah, I did. Why? Yeah, I get caught up in these things. I'll, well, I'll be talk- like the episode where I was talking in French for Gavin. Oh my god! <laughs> well, the worst is that um, Don and I both used to be, again, you know, people who say you're going off on a tangent. They're going to love this. Well, um, I'm Mister Tangent. We <laughs> there was a guy that used to book both Don and I. Um, on a lot of shows each year. And whenever we spoke about him, we did his voice. We couldn't just say, like, you know, Don was a well, hey. he was a character. He was a major character. How was the gig? And I would say, oh, yeah, he showed up. And, yeah, what happened? I would say, he'd say, Teddy, I want you to go on Teddy, stage. you'll be closing. He almost sounded like Bella Lugosi yeah, well, a little bit. Strangely enough, he was Transylvanian. He, yeah, that's right. His family was from Transylvania. <laughs> well, that's true. I his father was from Transylvania. I'm like, oh, okay. It's just like Bell Lugosi's son, Bell Lugosi Jr. He didn't follow his father's footsteps, but he's a big Hollywood lawyer. I'm thinking, who's the real blood son? Yeah, he's the big. I don't know. I, I do want to mention this. Um, recently, over the last, I, I think, week to 10 days, we found out that uh, he passed away. Yeah, that's a shame. I mean, and, we, we had a lot of, we did a lot of work with this guy. We had our moments with him. Yeah. On and off because it was business, and he could be very difficult towards the end in business. He wasn't feeling well. But it's still sad to see a part yeah. of your past float away like his, that. His name was Steve Bix. He was all right. And, um, you know, I, it, listen, a lot of people had some very bad encounters with him. Well, Every, a, we was, did, too. He was a very uh, strong character. But I'll say this. In my case, only speaking for myself— he started booking me at a time when I was beginning to get yeah, into doing comedy. Yeah, he gave a lot of people comedy. a lot of work, yeah. And it made me a better comic. It yep. made me stronger. It it gave me a lot of stage time. And Steve, if you're up there listening... Um, no in peace. I know we had a lot of issues, but I want to thank you for all that. And I want you to finally find the rest that you really never found in real life. And try not to argue with St. Peter. Yeah. Uh, he Steve loved a good argument. He'll be back now. Why are you talking about me? But La Llorona, uh, again, that's one of so many Mexican legends. That's a main one, though. That's, that's a really like the big top one. one. Yeah, that's right? a really big because it's got everything. You got a beautiful woman, the uh, the husband. You got the Spanish the Spanish guy screwing over the Mexican woman. You got right. children. It's just a horror story, heartbreaking. And- and it's it is strange that there have been so many sightings of where people have said even people camping say they go by the lake and they see a woman in white. Yeah, a woman in white. And you can hear her crying. Yeah, and she, she kind of wasted away after she killed the kids and looked for them. She wasted away. Yes. Yeah, she just wasted. They would see her in her white dress going on until she just passed. It was really just. Uh, it was really just a sad story. And, and uh, she came up in this, the other story we did couple of plays back when we were talking about the dolls the island yes. of the dolls down in that area by mexico city where they had mariachis and everything thank god but uh the guy who did that who supposedly found a young girl in the water there drowned and started bringing the dolls from around town beat up dolls and putting them on the on the, the island of dolls yeah 
And he passed away about maybe 10, 12 years ago, this guy. Mm-hmm. He had been there for a long time. Yeah, very long. They found long. him in the water in the same spot where the girl drowned. And down there, they were actually talking about maybe La Llorona got him. Yeah. Yeah, they actually did say that. They thought that La Llorona Some La people actually have... talked about how there was something like that living in the, the water that would come out and get people. And I'm thinking, that, now we go back to the stories of the Kelpies and all. It's the same thing. That's right. There's always stuff in the water. And that's the thing you'll always hear about people who deal with the water, whether it's lake or the ocean, everything. You never turn your back on the water. Ever no, that? never. You shouldn't. And yeah, exactly. Especially here on the Jersey Coast now, where all of a sudden <laughs> they're finding, oh, yeah, there's four great white sharks that are, um, yeah, okay, I'm good. Well, um, it was this area, we won't go into that story now, but it was this area, Shark River and everything, where the kids were eaten by a shark and bit up by a shark, which launched the idea of Yeah, I've been Exactly. The idea of George, which he denies, but he was there at the time. Yeah. But, but that's um, but that's Lalirona. It's it's a short story, but it's probably the most famous and most known story yeah. among the Latino community. It's a, it's a long uh, it's a long history of that. So there's a lot of stories involved in her, but that's the basic story. And listen, if you know of legends uh, in your town in your area. Or if you're from another country listening and you have legends in your country. Yeah, maybe it's something we're not aware of. We could look into Yeah, well, reach out to us, wizardsofoddpodcast.com. You can leave us a message. You can see us on Facebook. You can email us, wizardsoddpodcast.gmail.com. I'll put all those links in the, uh, in the show notes. I would love to hear some uh, legends that are maybe a little less known. Yeah, or something from your a cultural thing that we don't know about, you know, or something we can explain better. Yeah, that would be. I mean, it's a lot of stuff we haven't even gotten to yet that we talk about from time to time. We yeah. have like the Mongolian death worm, I and mean, there's all kinds of stuff around the world that's going on that people <laughs> Mongolian talk about. death worm. That's oh, awesome. That that is just the sound of that is not good. <laughs> it sounds like it's coming from a Star Star Trek. Movie. It's like from Dune. Really? Yeah, it is from Dune. Yeah, yeah, it comes out of the... How big is that thing? It's about... Maybe, they say it's like maybe... I don't know. It's like 8, 10 feet long. I'm out. I'm out. And it, comes, it goes to the, to the sand, and it can shock you with like, like an eel. Jeez. And also, it, it can spit some kind of venom at you to paralyze you, and you go down under the... Uh, it's like a hybrid of a, an electric eel and that dinosaur that shot stuff at... Um, <laughs> At what's his face Newman's face and kind of froze. Oh, him. I would have said a spitting cobra, but okay, spitting cobra too. Yeah, well, that's like, bad okay. enough to have venomous snakes, but once they could spit their venom in your face, yeah, really. Come on, that's not fair. I'd have to, I'd have to crush you before <laughs> I go blind. <laughs> You're in my belt now. <laughs> but we also have something else that we want to talk about. Um, I don't know a lot about it, only from the pictures of it that I've seen, Don has a better understanding of it. Because also, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Don's friend Pete, who we we, oh, we yeah. talk about yeah. a lot uh, and, and on and off the investigator, show. investigator, known in the field, but maybe not as known popularly, but he's a good friend of mine, Peter Jordan. And he filled me in on this story many years ago. Wasn't he... He was kind one of, of one of the guys on the forefront of investigating Yeah, he went this. down there. He was down there looking around in the 90s. In Puerto was, Rico. He was down there interviewing the cops and everything. Yeah. And he, he actually knows, like, Nick Redfern who did the same thing. Yeah. Well, what did he tell you about the... And, Don, yeah. it's the Chupacabra. The Chupacabra. The thing is, it's it's not the... See, now people talk about that, uh, like, wolf-like thing with the big snout running yeah. around as a Chupacabra. Mm-hmm. That's not originally what the Chupacabra was. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we first spotted it, it started really 
in the uh, 1990s, but there are legends of this kind of thing going way back in that area. So the story changed a little bit, but it was it's like a bipedal thing that looks kind of like a monkey, but it's lizard-like. So it's like three to four feet tall. It's kind of has arms and legs, but it's got and it's got spikes that run from its head down its back. Jeez! And cops have shot at it. Mm-hmm. Stuff the cops have seen it, but it'll it doesn't have wings or anything, but it'll leap straight up in the air. Like it's, it's a great leaper. Like it'll just leap and go somewhere. It's like a Springer span. Which kind of sounds like the Mothman, just leaping straight in the air. But uh, this, then they, they supposedly, that's what they saw, and he spoke to cops down there, and he said they shot at it, it would leap straight up and go away. Uh, but they would find these animals dead. They'd find these animals dead. Now, there was a woman who first saw this, who brought it to everybody's attention uh, back in those days. And uh, she had the first, assault, but then it started pouring in all the time. It was like 1995, 1990s early it started. March of 1995, then they found sheep found dead, eight of them uh, bitten with these three punctures in his neck. In August of that year, there were 150 animals found dead. Jeez. And it wasn't like it had two. It was like, well, something bit it, and then the blood went away, and lividity and all that. No, it had three puncture wounds, the size of like, almost like uh, straws. So they couldn't identify what that was. And, but going back further, they claimed this only started in the 90s. Back in 1975, February 1975, they found there was an incident where they had 15 cows, three goats, and two geese, and one pig, that were killed like that. That was before the Chupacabra was finished. And it was referred to then, they had the thing they referred to then as the Vampiro de Moca. Like it was a vampire at that time that was eating everything. And they, wow. people forgot about it until the 1990s. When this woman came along, the main witness, and this is a woman named Madeline Tolentino, mm-hmm. and she's the main witness who saw it, and she described it and everything, and bipedal, spark, spike back, dark eyes, fangs, you know, uh, but a lot of people claim that she did this because she saw the movie Species just before that and came up with this. But I was in her head. I don't see the connection there. I don't know. People just, like, make stuff up. But supposedly this woman was one of the main people that saw that, and people have gone and talked to her. And a lot of it was happening down there in uh, what they call El Yonque. It's a national park. It's a rainforest park down there Mm -hmm. near Arecibo. Oh, near the Arecibo. Yeah, Uh, and uh, a lot of people down there don't trust the government. They said the, the government was doing experiments in El Yonque and maybe created this thing. The other thing is that mm. park is now closed. You can't go there. <laughs> it's all closed. Yeah, up. that is weird that that whole thing is closed up now. Yeah, I mean, but it was before the storms and everything. I mean, if there's something going on there, they could tell you. You know, but that's that. And Mount Sebo, some people thought the Arecibo array called something in from space, sending out signals. Like maybe that's why that was seen there. Or maybe a UFO came by and this thing jumped out of it. Like maybe it was a creature they had. That got away. These are the things that people speculate with this thing. Well, wasn't um, the Arecibo, um, was, what was it, a um, like a satellite yeah, um, it was like, dish, it was like, like a, a giant radio, dish or something? Yeah, it's like a radio kind of telescope thing, and they project out into space. And that know? was the main one that projected out into space, uh, like a message, right? Because I know there were yeah. some others. Well, you got the SETI project yeah, this, and all right. that. But, uh, yeah, this one was in, in Puerto Rico. It, it collapsed a few years back. Yeah, it actually yeah. collapsed, but they rebuilt it. Mm-hmm. But, and that's, with these signals going to space, too, as a side thing, it was Stephen Hawkins who said, we probably shouldn't be broadcasting everything about us into space, like who we are, our DNA, what we have. Because 
something out there could get these things to go, oh, look at these idiots. Yeah. And come down, and we're not prepared for that. Yeah. So why are you broadcasting that you're here when you're not prepared to defend yourself? I recently saw a movie about that. Oh, yeah? Where they sent out the stuff, and then it, apparently the signal was picked up, and they were like all excited until they uh, weren't. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's something that could happen if you think about it. If you're looking for something out there, well, how do you know it's a good thing? Yeah. yeah. That's like if people say to me, oh, the aliens are here, and they're, they're here to help us, and they want to advance mankind and blah, blah, blah. Well, they haven't done anything yet. And not only that, how do you know they're nice? We don't know that. Yeah, the, the thing is, we're talking about the UFO itself, but we're not talking about who's in it. Right. And who, why are they here? Well, they, they got a lot to explain. They really do they have got a lot, lot to, to explain. explain. Why are you shoving things up people's butts? You little mushroom-headed obsessed bastards. obsessed with butts. One, um, there's actually a very similar legend. Well, they call it a legend. It's um, in Filipino mythology, oh, a sigbin. Oh, the sigbin. And it's kind of like a hornless goat. They have really weird stuff. Yeah. Philippine, the Philippines have a lot of this a crazy lot stuff. Of weird stuff going on there. But now, let me ask you the this. Aswan. If, if the Aswan. If the, what is it? The, the Aswan, Aswan, I think it's called. What is the Aswan? Well, it's a uh, vampire, but it detaches itself and floats around with a head and just oh, like a spine. I saw a video about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> I don't want to see the Aswan. No. Yeah, there was a, a YouTube video. It was like a vampire. Yeah. Know? And it floats in. It's like a head with a nervous system. <laughs> it's like that old movie, uh, Fiend Without a Face, where it had the, the, the brains with just the spine column. Yeah. Well, now, here's my question. They've no, they, the Chupacabras, mostly in Puerto Rico, they had all the sightings back. That seems to be the starting point for the story. How the hell did it get to, like, Texas? The same way everybody else got there, all the Spanish people. Maybe it just migrated. Wow, that's really strange. Maybe maybe it uh, hopped onto something and hopped off a and boat. It came. Maybe it swam. Who knows? Do you, so let me ask you this: Did Pete ever mention? Did they think there was only one? Because there's usually never only. one. I don't one. really recall for sure, but I'm, it was, I got the impression that there was only one running really? around at the time. I don't know. There's probably more. Well, you got the ones now with the canine version. They, yes, they, they, think they look like. like they look like dogs with they mange. Look like, they look like freaked out dogs and coyotes combined. There's some kind of mutant, that thing, you know. Yeah. And they talk about, it could be uh, mangy because you have the uh, Sarcoptis scabii canis, which is, is like, the, it's like, uh, it causes sarcoptic mange. It's like these tiny, like, scaby things that get into animals. Mm-hmm. And they'll lose their hair and they'll be like, uh, you know mangy and everything and people think that that's causing it but they're missing the point that the original chupacabra stories were not a dog or a not at all they were more reptile people just kind of forgot about that and just said oh yeah okay well yeah here they are we spotted one well okay we don't know what that is for sure but there was a guy in 1870 something shot something like that in montana they recently found it in a in a museum it's like one of those things stuffed with the back and the, the things on its ass mm-hmm. and all that, and all those things. It's like, so those things have been around for a while. Yeah. But that's not the Chupacabra. Maybe it has the same habits, but it's not the original story of the Chupacabra. What, what's pretty funny is that everybody who finds um, an animal, like a dead, weird kind of animal, always say, this is the Chupacabra. Like they said in Texas, some woman called into a ranger station and said, I found the Chupacabra. He's dead on along, alongside this highway. And when they got it, it actually turned out to be a fox with mange. So some guy like playing a harmonica, he's drunk. There he is. A chupacabra. Well, a chupacabra actually means goat sucker. Yes. 
Yeah. We should have said that because primarily the, the animals they found sucked dry of blood were goats. So they sort of called them the chupacabra, the goat sucker. So, That's you know, I don't so know. so bizarre. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't tell you like, details and details. If I ever get Peter and yeah, talk to we, him again, I'll find out. But he's got investigative. He goes places and he uh, gathers his own data. I mean, this is a man who's gone to the southwest and laid out there with night vision goggles trying to catch people at animal relocations and he knew he spoke to people like Ronnie Zamora. Mm-hmm. Ronnie Zamora, who was like the cop out there for the UFO, he talked to him yeah. about it. So he goes and talks to these people. He actually goes to these places. Yeah, he, he investigates. You know, his famous case with the Rain Boy, Donnie Decker. Oh, yeah, that's you right. Know, you can see that. You can see him on uh, uh, Unsolved Mysteries. There's a, if you go back to an old segment of Unsolved Mysteries, my friend Peter is on there talking about uh, Donnie Decker and the Rain Boy. Hmm. But I mean, and I've seen, I actually saw Pete. I haven't seen the show in a while. It was uh, mystery, like weird stuff about the national parks they had out for a while. I oh, and he was to, he was on two or three of them. Oh, of. really? Yeah, yeah. Was he talking about disappearances or was no? It... He was way before that. He was talking about like the chupacabra, that kind of stuff. Reef. Well, he was anything that happens on because he just, he'll tell you. It's like John Keel said. After a while, it all comes together. Yeah, and there's no real yeah. answers. You just go deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole, and you're like, UFOs and Sasquatch, or they see the Chupacabra, what are these dogmen? Maybe they came out of a portal. Did they go to Skinwalkers? You know what I mean? If you, you've got to, you can't focus on, mostly people focus on one subject when they do this. Like Sasquatch people don't want to hear anything about Sasquatch yeah. associated with UFOs. No, not at all. UFO people don't want to hear about Sasquatch. Right. But there might be a crossover there you don't know, or somehow they cross paths. doesn't mean they're aligned. But maybe UFOs go to areas where they are. Yeah. Or maybe they brought them here from somebody. You don't know. Yeah. Did um, Pete ever tell you or did you ever hear of chupacabras actually attacking people? No. Yeah, I never heard that either. It's no, mostly animals. I've, I've never actually heard of that. No. It's just like uh, we talked about the Beast of Bray Road. There's really no episodes of him actually attacking a person. Right. Although it seems like when came in the Mothman and everybody else and the Lizard Man in South Carolina, they really have a problem with cars. Yeah, they love to attack cars. It seems like they cars. love to attack cars. I don't know what it is. Um, I, I saw a story last night, um, and again, this is, this is off a little bit, but it's about almost like the Beast of Bray Road kind of thing yeah. where a guy was running. Um, he would run at night, and uh, he was running along a highway. And on the left side of him was like uh, cornfields, and on the right side was like soybean stuff. And he, as he was running, he noticed, he heard like a sound in the cornfields, and he could almost see it, it was keeping pace with him. And then he started hearing the heavy the heavy breathing of like a, a, a large animal. That's and, pretty close. And he realized, he goes, when he comes up to the end where the cornfield ends, he has to make a left on the road to get to his house. Mm-hmm. And he said, when I do that, I'm going to run straight into this thing. So he knew that his friend who lived down the road on the right. Discretion. He, he right. So he, he said, I'm going to make the right. So he makes the right. And he, and he goes, that, at that point, I'm not just running. Now I'm sprinting. He says, and as I sprint, it comes out of the cornfield. He says, and I kept telling myself, don't look back because it could make me freeze. And I might not have the time for that. He says, but I did, of course, look back, and I did see, he did describe a typical dogman sighting, and it did attack his friend's house. He got to his friend's house, banging on the door, and his friend opened the door, 
and it did attack the door. It went around to the back of the house, almost like it was trying to get them. And um, yeah, maybe. And that's the only time I ever heard of a dogman really. That could be a case of oh, they saw me. I gotta get rid of them. Yeah, I wonder. But there's a big story. I'm not gonna go there now. There's a big story about a family who was attacked by a bunch of them. Yeah, they were in their house, and the wife didn't like guns, so she had her husband store all the guns in the uh, barn. Right. So their house was under attack for these things climbing up on the second floor, and they didn't have any guns. It's a great story. They didn't. They they couldn't really defend it. What do you do? Do you get to the truck? They tried to get the truck. I think they needed lucky. They, they did need they, Lucky. They needed Lucky from the uh, Hopkinsville from thing. The he, Hopkinsville. Would have settled, he would have settled their head. First of all, Lucky's not keeping his guns more than eight feet away from yeah, him. I know. It's well, not. you live out in the country. It's a whole other thing. We talked about this once before. We talked about uh, doing a gig up in Pennsylvania, the Grand Canyon of Pennsylvania, out in the sticks. Yeah. Where the guy said uh, they carried guns. And I said, why? Because it takes the state police like an hour to get here. Yeah. If something happens. And we like, got to be. We got to be ready to do something. Now, those are people you can't say. Take your gun, take it apart, get the ammunition out of it, lock them both <laughs> up. You, you know, you got to go to a safe if somebody's robbing you. I mean, it depends. In the city, you don't need to walk around with a gun. Maybe I don't know. It's illegal, but mm. and you're out. In, it's a different thing, culture, when you're out in the woods. And that's why these people don't just shoot at everything. First of all, you're not going to waste all your ammunition, and you're not just going to shoot something running through the woods. You don't know. Right. It could be a person running by. Yeah. Could be somebody's dog. Um, one of the Bix gigs I did was so deep into the kind of like the woods of Pennsylvania, <laughs> and it was funny because when I walked in and I said, "This is this where they're doing the comedy tonight?" And the, and the woman's like, "Oh yeah," and she had a cigar box that she was collecting the money in, and a piece of tape across the box that said "Comedy Night." And it was curled up, and underneath you could read it said "gun" and something. I don't know what yeah, it, really. the rest of it was, but I did actually request um, someone to walk me to my car because I parked <laughs> when it was light out, and then it wasn't light out at ten o'clock. And I said, if somebody can walk me to my car, that would be awesome. I said, preferably someone with a gun. Yeah, but uh, but you know, it's like uh, I did. I did a gig for Steve Picks. We have stories about him now. I did a gig in the Pine Barrens, the middle Oof. of the Pine Barrens. And I should have known something because the directions to the place were you go down the parkway, and before the certain exit, there's a uh, rest stop on the left. Mm-hmm. Get off, go on the rest stop. You go to the back of the rest stop, there's a hidden road back there. Right. You take that road, and then you make I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean I'm going off on a hidden road Yeah. In, into the Pine Barrens? And, but I got to this place. It was a beautiful place in the middle of nowhere. show was okay. Mm-hmm. But I left there in the middle of the night. I had to drive out of there. But luckily, my car at the time had, like, a, a compass in it. It would tell you whether you're going the right direction. Oh, yeah. So I could yeah. kind of – because you're down there. You can't just go to somebody's house in the middle of nowhere. Right. It's like, boom, 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 boom. You know, they come out to the door with a shotgun. Oh, absolutely. They but, would. But the other comic had to follow me out in his car. And to this day, he thanks me for saving his life because he said, I never would have found my way out of the pine. But you know you're in trouble when they go, and you go to the back of the restaurant, and there's an unmarked road. You go up there, and like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's, unmarked it, road. It's true. You know, people people don't realize that there are so many um, basically wide open or forested areas of Jersey that nobody's there. And the Pine Barrens is such a large area. And this was a big place. It was a nice place. I think it was called the, uh, I can't remember what it's called right now. But it was like called the something casino. It wasn't a casino, though. It was just a big yeah, they place. Called it they, a had casino. Band, yeah. they had bands and stuff like that. It was actually a nice place. The people were very nice. And a lot of locals, I guess, came out. But I don't know where they came from. But it's in the middle of the Pine but Barrens. But it was really it was really in the Pine Barrens. And it was like, okay. Because many times when you go out and we do com- com- comedy and we travel around and stuff, 
you're in places where you're a stranger. Yeah. You're a stranger. You know, you, you know, you're out there by yourself. You know, it's not like they have big security teams. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're in other countries. You don't. You got to be careful because you don't know what the laws are. And when you're in the Pine Barrens, it is almost like you're in another country. Well, it's a different area. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, it's it's really out in the middle of nowhere. People don't realize it's huge, and yeah. a lot of it's just pine scrub. We don't know what's living in there. Yeah, there is. There's a lot. And and listen, I do. I believe in the Jersey Devil. I no, I don't. I don't think. Well, there's something going on there. There is definitely something there. Like we've said before, there's something to the legend that causes people to believe it or they see things. It's, it's just always just enough evidence and stories to keep you interested. But I still don't want to be in the Pine Barrens. No. Right. Yeah, I don't want to run into people in the Pine Barrens. Yeah. No, I don't want to go down to Batstow Village and have somebody come up to me with a gun. I don't need it. Ha- have you been to Batstow Village? Many, many years ago. It's really... It's like a ghost town. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Because you see it advertised off the uh, park with Batstow Village, the Iron Works. It's a famous place. It was yeah. during the Revolutionary War. But you go, there's just nothing there. What's the other one down there going to, down towards uh, Atlantic City? Uh, Williamstown? Historic. No. It's, a, it's called Miller's a historic. Or something? I don't know. Historic. Um, I forget what it is. Smithtown? No. S- Smithville. Smithville. Smithville, yeah. So if you go in there, they have one store that sells like, you know, little like uh, curious things. Yeah. And 90% of the store, everything they sell is based on the Jersey Devil. <laughs> now, I understand that that's, you know, going to be a great source of income because people... Uh, how many people, people are going to go down there and buy something and take it home? From, I was in the Pine Barrens. It's not like you got a T-shirt like you went to the shore. I actually talked to the guy who um, owned it. It was an older an older guy. Yeah. And I said to him, oh, you got a lot of Jersey Devil stuff here. And he goes, yeah. And I said, uh, let me ask you a silly question. He goes, yeah. And I said, well, I was going to ask you. He goes, I know what you're going to ask me. Yeah. I said, and the answer is yeah. He goes, yeah. And when you looked at his face, he didn't look like he was messing with me. He was a true believer. He was, he, yeah. He goes, yeah. He goes, I've, uh, I've seen some stuff that cannot be explained. He goes, yeah. is it the Jersey Devil? I don't know. He goes, but I've seen some stuff out here in the Barrens that uh, I can't explain. <laughs> Which is really... And you, you always encounter so much weird stuff when you go out on the road. And you got to realize, we're out on the road like by ourselves, essentially, yeah. in a car, yeah. driving four or five hours sometimes. I remember being in South Jersey by uh, Salem down there somewhere, doing a show. People were offering me a home brew. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do moonshine here. But anyway, I went outside, tried to call somebody. They called. I couldn't get my phone signal. Somebody said to me... Well, you got to face the other way. Go, what do you mean? Go, well, there's a small crack in a nuclear tower. So sometimes it interferes. Yeah. And I'm like, how close is this thing? Wait, right. Give me some of that homebrew again. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, wow. You, you don't know. So if you yeah. go somewhere, you go, you go somewhere, you got to watch what you say. Sometimes you say something that might relate to something that just happened there. You don't, yeah. you don't mean it. So you, you, you've got to be careful. I, you can't wait to get in your car and go. When we traveled to all these places, I always used to ask if there were any local legends. And usually there were. And yeah, usually usually there were. One of the, one of the things, I, I did something in Pottstown. And again, I'm not bragging. And um, <laughs> I asked the guy, are there any local legends? And it was, a, it was a weird bar and grill. And then they had the comedy downstairs. What was really weird was there was a uh, a gate. Oh, was that the place with the Molly Maguires? 
No, 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 no. Uh, this is they, there was a gate and it like a tunnel. It, it looked like a tunnel going into nowhere. Yeah, yeah that's where the Molly is that McGuire what it was. Oh, out. okay. That's what that was from. The the people then I I looked. I went down there. I was looking around. I go, well, I got to get where I go, and I got to go up and do the show. I bounded up the steps and cracked my head on the ceiling because it was all. Oh jeez! I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do the show now. Yeah, this this guy said he goes, it, I, he goes, I don't know if it's a local legend. He says, but this place is so haunted. He goes, I can't keep people because when I asked them to come down, bring up a case of mm-hmm. you know beer or or liquor, he says something messes with them. He says, like, we'll finish the comedy show tonight. He goes, and I will set everything up for brunch tomorrow. He says, and when we come in in the morning. He says all the tables and chairs are kind of flipped over, and he goes, and nobody comes in here. Yeah, it's it's really weird. We, we encounter a lot of the odd places and odd things. You kind yeah. of know there's something here. Yeah, there's a, fi- a firehouse in Clementon was actually featured on Ghost Adventures. Yeah. Oh and, yeah, I, I and we there did. Too. Com- yeah, did we both did too. comedy there. Well, it's just like I did a gig once. I think it was at the Odd Fellows or something for these people. It was down in Burlington, and I was right next door to the jail. Right, Burlington, Burlington County Jail. Jail. And said, that's where the scaffold used to be, where they would hang people. I'm yeah. Like, oh, that's a nice neighborhood, you know. Only us can go from La Llorena and Chupacabra to talking about creepy Steve Bick's games. Well, you, you brought him up, so. And we could, we could actually do shows oh. on some of the stuff we've done. We should. We should. We should just do a show on some of the weird things yeah, that have gone on with go, our shows. What was that all about? Yeah. You know. No, but I mean just on the weird people stuff that used to go on with the Oh, yeah, kids. that too. That, that's, that's endless. We're going to do that, people. We're going to have one episode where we talk about some of the things we've encountered in comedy. I, <laughs> I think that would point. be awesome. At some point. I already have about three or four stories oh, yeah. from, the, uh, from those shows. I even, I even have some with me with uh, my friend Pete was a comic. Pete was a comic. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I'll tell you a quick one. We went to do a French restaurant. He goes up, oui, and he's, oui. he's doing his act, and he uh, cursed a few times at the F word, and he, okay, he gets to his act. Then I go up, and I'm kind of freewheeling, and I said the F word a few times, and the guy, the owner's at the bar sitting next to him, and he winces every time I say the F word. He goes, <laughs> what's the matter? He goes, oh, that language, that F and stuff. He goes, yeah, but I curse too. He goes, yeah, but he means it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sums it up. Well, this was fun. Walter, I hope that you enjoy uh, the time that we put in to talk about La Lorena. I hope you enjoyed the Chupacabra story. Uh, Again, visit our webpage, uh, visit our uh, Facebook page. Facebook page, there isn't much on it, but you can contact us that way. And definitely really try to contact us. We really would enjoy you to reach out. Give us your local legend stories, and um, and that's it. Have a great rest of the week. Enjoy whatever you're doing. Enjoy this summer. Don, what do you got? For the summer? What? What did you say? What do you got? Anything? No, I just want to say thanks for coming in, folks. And uh, I got distracted by the music. I was starting to groove on that. We're, gonna, but, we're finishing out the show a little bit different. Yeah. Well, take care, folks. Thanks for listening in. Thank you.